Welcome to episode 38 of All the Small Takes. We are back after a week-long hiatus. Back all together. Cooper's first appearance on the podcast in three weeks. Or three-week three week hiatus. So, Cooper and John, we've got a lot to catch up on. A lot has happened. Notre Dame-related, Ohio State-related, NBA-related. I think that's just about it. I think that's all all that's really gone on in the last three weeks. Uh, Cooper, John, how how are you guys doing? I'm a little tired, you know. Got some tea to get me through it, though. So mm-hmm. I'm a little tired I'm too. Little... You know, I I only got like six hours of sleep last night. So yeah, yeah. I was I was driving back late from the north side last night, and I got in around probably like 11:30. Got to bed around 12:30, and then I had to oh, get up man. at seven. So you know, it was rough. It was rough. It was rough. I'm sorry. I'm ready to, to go. I'm ready to go. I'm energized by my hatred for both of you two. Surprise, I'm salty for the fact that you guys decided to podcast without me. Probably just like, I was honestly probably just like watching Parks and Rec on Netflix while you guys were podcasting. So I really appreciated the fact that you guys, you know, hey, Cooper, you want a podcast? No, it's okay. Let's do it without me. That's fine. Let me design a website for you guys and all that. Whatever. You wouldn't have liked all the Stranger Things jokes anyway because mm, yeah it's not like i things. just watched stranger things too you know two days before whatever cooper we've actually been meaning to talk to you about the band i think john and i are gonna go do our own thing yeah i caught on okay <laughs> no the band is back together we are a trio we will always be a trio yeah so cooper welcome back to the squad we missed you mm-hmm. yeah whatever no warm up it's okay uh, we got a lot to cover this week because we have missed a week. But first, we want to let you know you can find all the small takes on social media Twitter, at small takes, Instagram, small underscore takes, Facebook, all the small takes in Gmail, all the small takes at gmail.com. Check out our website, smalltakes.com. John, are you okay over there, bud? Yeah, I'm fine. You okay? Yeah. Taking some notes, <laughs> making a lot of noise. That's okay. He's just giving his papers oh, really? together. Did you, his did you hear that one? He's ready to go. Oh. No, I didn't hear you uh, tapping your pen and flipping the post-it notes. And <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> just... Okay. Yeah. Okay. What happens in just yeah, a sorry. week that I've been gone? Goodness gracious. Okay. Anyway, John's doing his own thing. If you hear any background noise, it's exclusively from John's so. end of the Google Hangout. So. Let's talk college football. The last we spoke to you all, you you two, I don't know, you two or three listeners, uh, Notre Dame was in the college football top four. High hopes going into Miami week. Things went a little south, both literally and metaphorically. The last we spoke with you, Ohio State had just suffered a debilitating loss at Iowa. And since, their hopes have actually turned up i think ohio state fans would be pleased with what's happened over the last two weeks cooper is shaking his head but i don't i think he agrees with me so we're going to cover all that and where we think the playoff picture sits now we'll start with notre dame with the fighting irish who bounced back with a win over navy this past weekend in which they was it like 18 minutes of 60 it was a it was like the the prototypical navy style game where they dominate possession they turn the clock and uh, Notre Dame, I think, was fortunate to hang on. We don't talk about Navy because I don't think either of you want to. We'll talk about the season as a whole as we come into the home stretch. As we come into the last game of the season, or the last regular season game, I should say, against Stanford. 
John, we'll start with you. What is your assessment of the Notre Dame season to date, and what will what does what could possibly happen this weekend? What could change with that if say, Notre Dame gets beat by Stanford, beats them soundly? Where do you see when you look back on the season through that lens? If we were to go back to the if we were to go back to August, I mean, I would assume I was one of the few Notre Dame fans who was expecting something out of the season, like. Most people were looking at it as a uh, as a rebuilding year because we did go four and eight last year. We had a new new quarterback, a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, an entire new coaching staff, new everything. And Brian Kelly was coming in on the hot seat. I think the literal the stand, literal hot seat. Yoga. Literal hot seat. Yeah. No, he lost like twenty pounds. Uh, talking I don't know yoga, if you guys folks. heard about that. That's it. I thought it was yeah, like 40. hot yoga. It's probably forty pounds now. Yeah, okay. building. <laughs> I, th- I think if you were to tell Notre Dame fans before that, before the first game even kicked off, that we would be going to the last game of the season with the chance to lock up uh, Brian Kelly's, I think, third double-digit win season and a chance to play in the uh, college football uh, New Year's Six games. Um, I think everyone would be really excited about that. I mean, I I, I kind of am too. Um, I Brandon Wimbush is a definitely a work in progress. I mean, he's a dynamic guy who can play, who can run the ball, but he needs to figure out that being a quarterback is also involves getting the ball out of your hands every now and again. And it's going to be like a work. It's going to be a lot of work in the off season, but I mean, they're doing well. They've got, if they beat Stanford this weekend and then Clemson loses to South Carolina and Miami loses to Pitt and Oklahoma loses to West Virginia and Wisconsin loses to Minnesota and Alabama loses to Auburn and Georgia loses to Georgia tech and Ohio state loses to Michigan. We stand a pretty good chance of um, making our way into the college football playoff. Even at, that's all. I mean, even absent all those games going our way, I mean, Clemson and Miami are going to play, and one of those teams is going to lose. Auburn and Alabama are going to play, and one of those teams has to lose. And the winner of that game is going to play Georgia, and they're going to have to lose. We're looking at being, if we win against Stanford, being in the top six or the top five um, for for the college football playoff rankings, um, which pretty darn good, considering we lost almost every game we could last year. Um, and we're going to go and we're probably going to get matched up and play against Alabama or Ohio state because the selection committee hates us instead of playing some, you know, much weaker team. Like, I don't know. I think Wisconsin's a weaker team, but they'll probably, I don't know what they'll be doing. We're going to, they're going to give us a crappy bowl matchup and we're going to have to go play them. And that'll be Brian Kelly's reckoning. If he can finally win a big, uh, big bowl game. Um, I don't know. It's exciting. Notre Dame fans have a lot they should be happy about. It uh, looks like Josh Adams isn't going to get an invitation to New York because he got snubbed for the Doak Walker running back award. He didn't, wasn't named one of the finalists, so he's probably not going to be able to. He's probably not going to be one of the five or four or five finalists they invite to New York for the Heisman. But it's a bummer. Um, but we, we have a lot to be excited about this year, and a lot to be excited about going into next year too. Is there time for a good talk? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think. I was trying to run out the clock in the college football conversation, and then maybe just move on. <laughs> I should have known that you would try to spin that off into like there's still a chance for Notre Dame to make the playoff kind of conversation. Well, okay, there is. There, oh, believe it or not, it. there is. A I'm sorry, chance. Cooper. Cooper, please. Yeah, I don't even know what I was going to say now. Uh, no, I think this is like going, getting to double digit wins is nothing to like uh, hang your head about in college football. Uh, especially when you play the schedule that Notre Dame plays. So I think that is very impressive coming off the season that they had last year. And Brian Kelly made lots of adjustments to get here, which I'm very pleased about. 
I do wish, or not wish, because I'll get to see it eventually, assuming that Notre Dame beats Stanford, which I think they should. I want to see how Brian Kelly makes adjustments from the Miami game when actually playing very quality opposition. I don't think Stanford counts because I think Stanford plays plays a style that like suits Notre Dame. I think they're not necessarily a fast team. Yes, Bryce Love is a very uh, capable back, but that does not make them a fast team. They're a power, they're a power team, and I think that Notre Dame can handle that. Brian Kelly needs to figure out how to play fast teams. It's either that or it's just playing in Florida. But goodness gracious, we look slow. And that reminded me so much of the national championship game where we just looked slow compared to Miami. And I knew Miami was fast. And I can't, like, I don't think that's because our players are actually slow. I think there's just something going on. I thought there was way too much horizontal play calling, not enough, like, playing to your strengths, which is running through the tackles. So I want to see how Brian Kelly adjusts uh, when playing some, you know, really quality opposition. I'll get to see that hopefully, you know, closer to New Year's than not. Yeah, I agree. I think Brian Kelly, I, I, I think it, if he, if it's viewed that the bowl game is a make or break game for Brian Kelly, that's a shame because I do think that what he's done this year is impressive. And I think that he deserves a chance to come back again and build on another year with Brandon Wimbush, potentially another year with Josh Adams, please. Um, and I think that there are ways, like when Cooper, when you said, I thought play calling hurt us in the Miami game more than speed. And I think we've hung with teams that have better speed than us. Like the Clemson game from a few years, I think Clemson is the perfect example of how you win a game like that or how you contend in a game like that. And even then, we still made a lot of mistakes. And it was in like a hurricane too. But Kelly deserves a chance to figure that out. And John, I cannot believe that you would rather face a weaker opponent than play in Alabama or an Ohio State. If Notre okay. Dame is truly back, like if, if we if we joke about it, but if they're back, then that's the, those competition. That's the kind of competition they should be drooling over to play. Yeah, I don't want to play. play. I don't play Ohio State though because they'll go out and lay eggs against teams they don't care about, and then be a completely different team. And that's it's why totally one hundred percent true. It is. I mean, and that's why Urban Meyer can win some of his big games. Big is because no one has any idea which one of his football teams is going to show up. And like with Alabama, playing Alabama in a bowl game that's not in the national championship is a lose-lose-lose situation because when they get blown out by Oklahoma or Utah, they say the same thing every time, which is, ah, it's not the national championship, so we don't care. And that's just frustrating. I would rather play like TCU, who is a team that a lot of people would think is a weaker team, but who you, Gary Patterson's going to show up and he's going to coach them. And if you win, it's a big win because they're a good football team and they came to play. Um, and I would, I would rather play them than play – you know, roulette, Ohio State, or Alabama, we're going to spin this however on earth we want to, you know. But I yeah, think I, we could beat both teams anyway. I just think to beat the best, I mean, to be the best, you want you need those resume games. And I think that Notre Dame could still win in a lot of ways if they played Alabama. If they if they played Alabama down to the wire and lost by a touchdown or lost by a field goal, like I said, I really don't think that should, I think that should reflect really well on Brian Kelly. And I think if Notre Dame would win a game like that, then I don't think – because it is Notre Dame and there is the brand Notre Dame. And I think people would view it through that lens rather than, oh, Alabama lost. Like, they didn't care. Just my thought. Yeah, I think so. Biggest takeaway from this season is the Notre Dame students need to learn how to show up, as do the Notre oh, Dame fans. Oh, God. I, I just don't understand what's going on. There's some bad – got a very good team. section on Saturday for senior day. It's terrible. 
they don't show up to they don't show up to see their classmates on the field. They don't show up to listen to their classmates in the band. They don't show up to I don't like I mean I know that's like a little thing and it's a thing. I know, no. but it's like like the band doesn't like a ton of hard work. They they had like they had a halftime show where they land they had the coolest half sh- halftime show they do like every they do this one show like every eight years and it's the Top Gun show and they land uh airplane on an aircraft carrier and they use fire extinguishers and stuff and it's really, really cool. And student section wasn't even there. Senior the seniors showed up to throw marshmallows at each other, but it's like the the students don't care and that and people complain about how the stadium is never loud and it's never going to be loud if the students don't show up because they're going to be the loudest fans they have a giant jumbotron that they can all tweet about and get on the jumbotron and they can watch and not actually watch the game and stuff and they have everything they've got turf they've got stadium lights there's everything that everyone has said is that Notre Dame needs to do to attract people to come to the games is there and the students aren't showing up and father jenkins ought to just i don't know suspend the dorms Shut off the heating in the dorms where you know they had they didn't get have enough attendance. Sorry. No, no I'm finding I'm finding the urge to respond to that. So I want to move on. Okay, we'll move on. I just love that John threw that band dig in there. I know that was totally aimed at me. I mean, it's and he thought he he thought we'd just roll over that. That's why he didn't invite me to podcast last week. We actually we talked about you and your lack of support for the Notre Dame band of the Fighting Irish. I'm sure you did. Yeah, we did. I wouldn't. That's know. what the whole. But you would. You wouldn't know. If you don't listen. Yeah, that's what the whole podcast is about. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. All right, let's talk about uh, the upcoming weekend of games. It's rival rivalry weekend in college football. So you've got the game, which I was informed is Ohio State versus the school up north. Mm-hmm. The team. Ohio State playing. Ohio State Yep, that's it. Yep, you got the Iron Bowl. Bama Auburn, which is probably the biggest game in terms of implications on the playoff picture. Ball mess, which John threw in here. The Egg Bowl, for those who don't know, is Mississippi versus Mississippi State. Something called the Dumpster Bowl. Do you want to take a reveal? Do you want to take a guess at that one? Uh, SEC matchup. What? What'd you say? What? Yeah, what conference is it? Conference? Yeah, give us a conference. It's uh, a conference I can't of origin. Not, not in the conference. It spans a conference. Spans oh. multiple conferences. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. What? Florida, Florida State. Uh, is that actually? That's not what it's actually called. That's just your, no. It's not. But they're like they're like. That's just your own like, like three and seven. Stupid moniker for it. No, that's what that's what SB Nation and the people on Twitter are calling it. Have you seen the uh-huh. fake promo video for it? Yeah. It's hilarious. No, I don't care. Lots of fumbles, lots of interceptions. <laughs> just like it's. I do, I do support the Twitter movements to get tw- things on Twitter, make them real life. So I can get behind the garbage, the garbage ball, dumpster ball. Dumpster and ball. then we want to do uh, ultimate chaos scenario too that Cooper has for the college football playoff chaos theory. Mm-hmm. Cooper, what's the key? The Bucks have already clinched spot in the Big Ten championship game, but obviously this game has huge, huge ramifications for their playoff hopes to keep them alive. Do you view this as a close game? And what's the key for Ohio State? I think the key oh, – okay, so Ohio State is not going to lose this game. Or I should put it this way. Jim Harbaugh is not going to win this game. Ohio State is either going to dominate or Ohio State is going to beat themselves. Because John kind of already alluded to it. Ohio State either shows up or they don't. And if they show up, I think there are very few teams in the country who can beat them. 
and Jim Harbaugh's team is definitely not one of them. So I think, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's whether or not Ohio State decides to actually play. Their loss to Iowa, I didn't get to talk about it because I wasn't invited to podcast, um, was perhaps like one of the most disgustingly coached games I've ever seen. And uh, I watched Brian Kelly coach for four years at Notre Dame. So it was pretty awful. And it actually reminded me a lot of how Brian Kelly coached. Um, I don't know how a trio of Greg Schiano, Kevin Wilson, and Urban Meyer laid an egg against Iowa, but I mean, that showed it's possible. Um, so it's certainly possible uh, when traveling to Ann Arbor. So I think that's honestly, that's the key to the game. It sounds kind of silly and stupid, but if Ohio State shows up, they're not losing this game. Yeah, Michigan is on their, what, third string quarterback at this point? Third, their offense first, is, they, fourth, they look, they look I don't atrocious. honestly know where John O'Corn lays into the, I mean, lies. No, no, no. The, it's not even O'Corn No, it is O'Corn, because Brandon Peters, they pushed Brandon Peters to start. So it was going to be Wilton Spate. Wilton Spate got hurt. And then it was O'Corn for like two games. And then Harbaugh decided that he wanted to put Brandon Peters in. And Brandon Peters had a con- got a concussion against Wisconsin. We don't know if he's going to play, so we're back to O'Corn. In any case, it's a revolving door. Mm, and regardless, I, I think Ohio State should roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, picking the Maze and Blue to win this game for, for funsies. Okay. There's just a, you, Ohio State can't win as frequently as they do in that rivalry for it to be called a rivalry. You can't like, like win. A law of averages situation? Yeah, you can't win 15 out of the past 16 years or whatever it has been. And like it still be the most competitive rivalry in football. Like at some so, point, I need them to pick up. Like, you know, Jim Harbaugh has to pick up this win. And honestly, if my, he doesn't, my counter would be concerned he loses. He loses his job. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's true or fair. But I mean, my counter would be that beaten, look at the coaches. Coaches that Michigan's had, Rich Rod and Brady Hoke are uh, the. I think those throw the law of averages out the window. If he loses this weekend, he like his record against. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State is atrocious. I think he's got one win in the past like three years yeah. against those three yeah. teams. So I don't know. It's not good. I just don't think that. I don't think you can you can kick him out the door after you made this huge move to bring him in. I think you give him a little bit more runway runway than that. Did we lose John? Like seven million dollars a year. I think. Yeah, I think we did lose John. All right. Would you like to just continue? And, like spite to spite. Yeah. Yeah, despite him, let's keep going. Right. I'm sure John thinks that uh, Michigan's going to end up winning this game because he hates me. So let's just move on. <laughs> All right. John's official pick, Michigan. The Iron Ball on Saturday night will be the game of the week. It is a playing game for the SEC championship, and it would be uh, mighty chaos into the picture, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, if Auburn were to win this game at home. Auburn's been playing maybe the best college football consistently in the country since they lost early on. So, Cooper, since John's not with us, why don't you give us, similar to the uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game, what's your key to the game, and who do you think ends up winning this one? Yeah, so I think it's Alabama's offensive line, how well they can hold up against Auburn's defensive line, which looked uh, very intimidating against Georgia. I honestly have no idea how good Alabama is. Uh, and I've written about this before, that I am very frustrated with the college football committee's uh, obsession over Alabama when their schedule is eerily similar to Wisconsin's, and they have one less win than 
a lot of the teams that we're talking about because they play an FCS school, and I don't know how that gets counted uh, as a win. So I have I don't know how good Alabama is. Alabama could be great. They don't look great. Their linebackers, their defense looks, I think, outside their secondary. They don't have the front seven that they used to have. Their linebackers, I think they lost their top four linebackers that they went in going to the season. So they're soft there, but I don't think Auburn's strength is on the offense, so I think that's kind of a wash. I'm very concerned about Alabama's offensive line. Obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I want Alabama to win for some clarity in SEC. I don't think it's going to happen. I really see Auburn at home dominating, especially the defensive line scrimmage, and probably winning the offensive line scrimmage as well and uh, winning this game in a low-scoring ballgame. Like old-school Alabama, LSU, 9-6. I'm not at like... I'm not at like a six to three score, <laughs> but yeah, like 24, 21, maybe, okay. maybe not okay. even that high. I don't know. Never forget the game of the century, LSU, Alabama, nine to six. <laughs> exactly. No, I think I agree with you. I think Auburn is, I mean, their one loss to LSU looks better and better. No, LSU is garbage. No, and, stop it. Stop it. LSU, no, 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 no. LSU is a good football team. No, they're not. No, no, no. That's not true. It's not true. I, I, they are a good football team. They play in a very, very tough conference. They are a good football team. But the best more impressive is the second, like, worst conference. Sorry. The more bro. impressive win is the one over Georgia. And I think Georgia, I, I think you'll agree more with me on this. I think Georgia is a very, very good football team as well. And they dismantled. It wasn't like they eked by Georgia, they dismantled yeah, they Georgia. So uh, I haven't seen that type of dismantling from Alabama against a quality opponent the way I have for Auburn kind of repeatedly over the last uh, – the this, this second half of the season. So Yeah, like barely squeaking by Mississippi State, which is one of their better wins. Yeah, I think yes. like Agreed. Exactly, exactly. So I like Auburn as well. Let's take a pause. Should we, we should get John back in. John, what are you doing? <laughs> He's not even responding. I text him. Where are you? Should we call him? Yeah, should we should we call him? <laughs> Are you calling him? Yeah. Yeah, we can we can we can dial him in. Oh, voice uh, oh, message. All right, John is back with us. The uh, he he went briefly into the upside down. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we saved him from the demogorgon. Uh, I John, don't know what those terms are because you didn't invite me. John, so we talked about the game and the Iron Bowl. I'm not going to tell you who Cooper picked. I want you to. I want you to make this pick independently. This is actually a perfect. This is what ideally we would have on the podcast: total independence of picks. Uh, so I'll ask you, what do you think are the keys to each of these games? This is the same thing I asked Cooper, and who do you think wins the Iron Bowl and the and the Ohio State Michigan game? I think um, I think Alabama and Ohio State win those games. Um, there's generally one chance each season to knock knock Alabama off, and I think that happened at Mississippi State, and it's the window's passed. So uh, we'll see if they lose again. But Auburn, like Auburn, beat Georgia, and by exposing Georgia for not being a complete team, and I don't know if that carries over at all into the Alabama game. Everyone seems to be thinking that Auburn beating Alabama is like a given now, but Auburn lost two very bad games this year. They lost. Well, they lost one very bad game, and they lost to Clemson. They lost to LSU, which people forget, and they lost to, uh, to Clemson. So I don't know. I think Alabama wins and probably wins easily. Hot take. 
Mm, yeah, and then I got, then with the Ohio State Michigan game, I'd like to think Michigan wins. Is this at the Big House this year? I think. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, again, it's a question of which Ohio State team shows up. And in the past, we've seen that the this, that Urban Meyer's Ohio State, I guess, doesn't care about this game because they played some pretty bad games. Like last year's was notable. Um, that was terrible by both teams. Um, so we'll see which Ohio State decides to show up. I'm willing to bet that the slightly better version shows up as opposed to the bad one. So they'll probably win. But I'd like to see Jim Harbaugh win, but they'll probably won't. Cooper. Hold on. Let me do some research real quick. Yeah, Cooper, Cooper had a minor stroke when you said the last year's game was between Michigan and Ohio State was not a good game. It, what? No, I mean, they in play, terms like, of pretty football, no, not pretty football, but great game. They played um, horribly. I don't know like what we're talking about in terms of Ohio, like Urban Meyer not playing that team. Like, where is that coming from? He beat them in 2014, 48 to 42 to 28. He, I mean, he's he's undefeated against that school, which is the only thing that matters. JT Barrett could be the first quarterback uh, in the history of Ohio State football to go four zero. Uh, against Michigan two years ago, they destroyed Michigan up in Ann Arbor. Destroyed them. Like, it wasn't even close. So I don't know what you're talking. Like Urban Meyer won't even. And I've been trying to emulate Urban Meyer uh, during this thing, but whatever. I'm not going to anymore because it's getting too hard. Urban Meyer won't even say the word Michigan. Like he goes around the entire like building and crosses out all the M's because he's a psychopath. Like if there are any games that Urban Meyer's teams are like fired up for, it is this one. Urban Meyer does not so, take this game. So the, very margin, the margins are five points, one point, uh, 14 points. Then you have a blowout, and then you have three points last year. So Yeah, all wins. And Ohio, State, think, Ohio State's team, as we saw yeah, by they, Clemson, as Clemson exposed them, uh, was not a very good team last year. Uh, Michigan had a ton of seniors on that. I really think that was Michigan's best chance to win, even though I did pick Michigan because uh, law of averages says they have to win again eventually. And they just keep on losing, and I feel sad for their fan base. But like that was their best chance to win. Their team is young this year. I just don't see that. Mm. Sorry, I'm changing my pick. Oh, John, you drove him to to disregard the law of averages. To agree with me? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, John, now that you're back with us, let's do the egg bowl. Yeah, and we can we can get you to weigh on this first because I think you're the really the only, maybe the only person on this, definitely the only person on this podcast that cares. Yeah, so the all egg best. bowl is one of those classic rivalry games. They play for a golden egg, and it's on a trophy. And the football, the game this year is in, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's in Oxford. I'm going to go ahead and gamble and say it's in Oxford. Wh- whichever city it's in, if it be Oxford or Starkville, the other teams, uh, the other school's ROTC program will run in a relay race from the school to the, to the other site over the course of this week. They'll probably start, I think they start Thursday night, and they run it through Thursday and then up through Friday, and the ball gets there Saturday morning. But Ole Miss is garbage. Uh, they have Shea Patterson, who can throw the ball really far, but the rest of their team is really bad. Um, and Dan Mullen's got the Bulldogs ready to go. So this should be a, a blowout, and I think should put Mississippi State up. It should be their second win in a row, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be a good, yeah, not, not a good game. Yeah. Is that Mississippi State? It's in, yep. it's in Starkville? Okay, so they'll run it down from Oxford to Starkville. But, yeah, it should be good. It'll be, yeah, it'll be hopefully State's second win in a row. So, All right. Should be good. Uh, so, t- so you're taking state. Taking state. Taking the Bulldogs. Uh, Cooper, I don't know if you even want to venture a guess here. 
I know absolutely nothing about either of these teams except that Mississippi State almost beat Alabama, which I don't really know if that's worth. I'm going to pick Mississippi State because for whatever reason, the college football playoff thinks, I mean, committee thinks they're a good team. Yeah, I will also pick Mississippi State. Keep it boring. But given that Ole Miss is on the fringe of some, like, probably program-altering sanctions. Not uh, having a football team? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. If Baylor still has a football team, then I don't really know if we're ever going to see the death penalty ever again. You call that football? Nah, if they have a group of guys that go out and compete every Saturday. Um, I think the fact that the UNC still has a football team when the university just quit being a university for a while. John, I think John you just... misunderstand. The NCAA, that doesn't like fall within their purview of what they can do. It's not They can't do anything about it. Oh, yeah. I forgot. NCAA is one of John's trigger words, so I'm going to stop us here before we go any further. Yeah. Uh, let's do the dumpster ball in a one word. Florida, Florida State, because that's maybe more than this game deserves. I'll start. Can I have two words? Sure. Okay, sweet. Uh, so I'm going to start, though, and I'm going to side with my in-laws and go Gators. Chip Kelly. Oh, rumors. Dad. It's <laughs> <laughs> my one word. Not using it anymore. Let's go. Yep. All right. Well said. Uh, let's do chaos theory. Cooper has a chaos theory for us. I do. So I hate the college football committee, I think, more than anything. I am actually maybe one of the uh, rare people out there who preferred the BCS to our current selection system because the BCS actually, like, made sense to me at least a little bit. So I want the committee – stop changing my chaos scenario. How? What am, what am I supposed to do here? John's typing in the Google Doc and it's throwing me off. All right, so – All I'm doing is updating records. No, I don't need that. I updated them down, down below. Well, okay, whatever. Oh, All my right. God. So, no, I still hate you from two weeks ago. Um, I want the committee to become non-existent. I would just want a new, like, situate. Like, I want someone new to decide who actually wins college football because I don't think uh, they do a very good job. So, here's my cast scenario. Uh, Clemson losing to South Carolina this weekend, which would shock everyone, but it's a rivalry game, so anything that can happen. Uh, then they well, go South on Carolina's to is not bad. Sorry. No, they're not they're, awful. They're, lost team. they're not like Florida or Florida State level. Um, yeah. Definitely not. So it's possible. Uh, Clemson then beats Miami in the ACC championship game. So that's, that takes care of the ACC for me. Oklahoma losing to TCU, TCU or whoever they're going to play in the Big 12 championship game. I think it's TCU. That's the Big 12. Bama losing to Auburn this weekend in the Iron Bowl, which I, I mean, I picked Auburn, so I think it's very likely – um, and then Auburn losing to Georgia in the SEC championship game uh, by a very close margin. So I'm talking like three points, last second field goal type scenario. Ohio State wins out, wins the Big Ten. And USC wins the Pac-12. Uh, also, Notre Dame has to beat Sanford this weekend. So I think that gives us like something like 11 teams that I think would all have a legitimate case. Uh, Clemson would be 10-2, conference champs. Miami would be 11-1, their one loss to Clemson. Oklahoma would be... 10 and 2, losing to TCU and Iowa State. Uh, TCU would also be 10 and 2, but they would be the conference champ. Al- Alabama and the SEC is all like very confusing because I don't count their FCS wins, but for whatever reason, the college football committee does, so I'll just go with it. Uh, Alabama would be 11 and 1, but when it gets to play in the SEC championship game, you also got Auburn and Georgia, who are 1 and 1 in their own head to head. You got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and USC. 
So I think like all those teams would have a very legitimate shot getting into the playoff. And I don't know what you do there. So have fun committee. I but like they've dug their own hole. I don't care. Eight teams. We need eight teams. We do 64. need eight teams. No. <laughs> we need sixty four. Okay, Fine. I'll take sixty four. But I would also settle for like it's just if there was something objective about what can get you into the playoff. Like if it was a simple saying like the five power five conference winners get in, like yes, you could end like a silly season where Alabama somehow loses its three non-conference games, but then somehow wins that season. Yeah, like that might be a silly year where Alabama doesn't deserve to get into the 18 playoff, but at least there's some sort of like objectivity to it. I think that makes a lot more sense than a round table of people who we don't know if they know like anything about college football. It's stupid. It's nonsense. And it's all done for TV ratings or for money. The committee's already said that college that conference championships don't matter. And teams obviously need to solve that by jettisoning their conferences to increase their strength of schedule because that's the only way to get in. Like Notre Dame with one loss going into the game against Miami was almost a lock to get in. We didn't have a college we didn't have a conference championship. The only thing that made us a good team was that we had played good teams. And I think that's an objective thing. And people confuse themselves by thinking that conference championships matter when they don't. No, but I don't the, know if the they matter. Has clearly, no, the, the committee, committee has clearly demonstrated. That. Yeah, they have. They put it in no, Ohio State last from year. One year from one year, they go to, you know, conference championships matter. The next year, they don't. And it's because it's a new group of people. Like, there's no consistency from year to year. There's no consistency from week to week. It's nonsense to try and, like, sit here and figure out, like, why they do what they do. It makes no sense. The they did snub Baylor and TCU for the exact reason of not having a conference championship game in the Big Twelve. Yeah, in twenty fourteen, that was the reason Ohio State was in the playoff. Yeah, was because they won the Big Ten championship game, even though TCU and Baylor had like just as you know good of resumes. I just it's not it makes no sense to me. And if they can honestly tell me that it's not done for money, uh, which I think in collegiate athletics, um, I don't know, it's, it's honestly criminal. I'm going to move us along before you trigger John any further. Um, We wanted to talk about the NBA. We also wanted to talk about Baker Mayfield. I'm going to give you guys the choice because we also want to get to our very special Thanksgiving segment, and we are running very long on time. Do you want to talk about the NBA, or do you want to talk about our good friend Baker? NBA. All right, let's We'll just let him slide. It's just a mistake. It's okay. It is. You know, I see a good guy at heart. We're, we're a podcast about second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances. He's not going to be like Yeah, I'll go on the record and say okay. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I, I don't like him. I don't like him. I will go on the record as well and say that I liked him. I like him a lot less after his antics last weekend at Kansas, although I think absent the gesture that he made, it was within bounds. And that's all I'll say. I still just keep on thinking about this article that some ESPN writer wrote about how the college football Ohio State program uh, needs JT Barrett to be more like Baker Mayfield. It's just like rings in my ears. I think we're good with just one Baker at this point. Um, NBA. Let's talk about the NBA really quickly. John, your Sixers, the process. Trust it, baby. Trust the process. It's going pretty well so far. Yeah, Joel Embiid is morphing into a Demogorgon before our eyes. And Ben Simmons Um, is too. Ben Simmons, uh, yes, great point. Both are healthy. Both are uh, keeping the Sixers in the top uh, half of the Eastern Conference standings. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just love to hear your thoughts because I know you have them. Did you ask for my thoughts or Cooper's? I, I no, yours. Hear you right of now. course, I'd ask for your Mine? thoughts. I, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting that the Sixers are winning and that everyone who said that what they were doing was dumb and irresponsible are getting to see the fruits of the process. I think another thing that's exciting is that we are just as good as, uh, I don't know, a lot of other teams in the East that people thought were going to be better than us um, and that we're right there at a playoff spot. Uh, our rankings right now say that we're in the eight, eight seed, which is great. But I think they... they Ben Simmons, I think when we did our preview, we were talking about how Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or both of them really needed to come out and kind of turn into a a good or a great player for the Sixers to have a shot at the playoffs. And I think, what are we, like 16 games into the season or so? And I think that's kind of shown true. When Ben when Ben Simmons and Joel have a good, have a good night and they combine and they can play well, the Sixers will win and they'll be at least number eight in the, in the conference. But if they fall off towards the end of the year and they hit a bit of a wall, it's going to get rough. So they keep playing and they keep turning into, they keep developing into, you know, some good, good guys. Then it's going to be exciting to see a seven foot tall point guard, you know, slashing and throwing alley-oops and catching oops. And I'm excited. I just, love I, it. Felt, I love it. I felt things when he Euro-stepped uh, against the Lakers. Yeah. I felt things. It's, it was, it was well, and like, is it, his whole game against Draymond too was great. I know they and they had I, the the Warriors too. That was um, they did, and yeah. I feel like Joel Embiid is the anti anti Draymond. Yeah, like Draymond's oh a spoiled gosh. baby, and Joel Embiid is kind of like a troll. And he's such a troll, but like a well meaning one. If if we could see the two of them play against each other more and more, I would love that yes. because I think Joel is the force of good in that matchup. I agree, hundred hundred percent. I don't know have much to say about the Sixers. I'm a little worried about uh, Fultz's shoulder long-term. I've read some reports. Doctors have no idea what's wrong with it, which is very concerning. You don't often hear that about injuries, um, yet it's causing him lots of pain, and doctors can't at all identify uh, what's going on with his shoulder. And his shooting form looks so bad from the free throw line. So I'm actually really concerned that that is a very long-term injury. But... Embiid and Simmons look like the real deal. They need to get into the playoffs, I think. That needs to be the goal for the Sixers. Anything less is a disappointment. I think Simmons and Embiid need the postseason experience uh, to kind of further develop. Um, and I, if they don't get there because, for whatever reason, the Sixers decide to limit limit uh, Embiid's minutes, I will be incredibly frustrated with that organization. Yeah, I don't know if we need Mark I think we've demonstrated we don't need Mark Helps to win, Mark Fultz to win. Maybe we'll need him to take like the next step, but I'm honestly the way the season is going, I'm fine with him taking following the path of Ben and Joel and Jalil and all the Sixers draft greats and just kind of taking the season off and figuring out what the heck's going on. And it's a it's a gap year. It's a gap year, and I mean like we never had a gap year when we had a team that made the playoffs. So maybe like. If we make the playoffs, he can come back and play like in a game three or something in the first round. Who knows? Just throw him in there. He'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be for experience because we're going to be playing like. Well, it's only Kyrie. Today, we'd be playing. You'd still guard him. We'd be playing have the fun. Celtics or the Pistons. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, have fun with that. Don't get me going on the Celtics, experience. baby. Don't get me going. Well, I think that's seriously, what we're segueing into, right? Seriously, don't get me going. No, because we are way over time. And I'm going to make a suggestion. 
we could either book our Thanksgiving special for the coming week, or we could do like a special Thursday episode, like a little a little mini pod. Let's do that. Mini pod. Let's do that. Let's okay. do mini pods. All right. So tune in Thursday. We're gonna do a mini pod where we do some Thanksgiving talk, some NFL talk. You won't want to miss it. Let's move now into our waste of data because this one has gone really long. Waste of data. Start with mine. Uh, Cooper alerted me to this before we started. There was a Steph Curry quote about the Boston Celtics after the Celtics beat the Warriors uh, last week. He said it's looking very, very likely right now, quote, that they will meet the Celtics in the NBA Finals. What you will not see in this quote is that this was taken 110% out of context, that they asked him, what do you think the chances you'll see the Celtics in the Finals? He said it's looking very, very good right now. Obviously, they have to get through the Cavs. He said, but I like them over the summer. It was a much more tame quote than what the uh, mainstream media, the lamestream media, would have you believe. So actual fake news coming from uh, a lot of sports media. And I wasn't even aware of it until Cooper pointed it out, which I appreciated. So, yeah, Bleacher Report, ESPN, I think everyone got in on it. Yeah, I, I think the crazy part about this is I wasn't even aware of it until today. And this quote happened when it was, like, early last week. And so the fact that, like, no one from what we consider mainstream media pointed this out, uh, I think is perhaps like further, like everyone just bought into it. And then everyone wrote an article about it. It took until today, until Steph pointed out today uh, that the quote was taken out of context for me to hear about it. Very sad. John, what about you? Yeah, uh, my waste of data is all the people, all the Notre Dame fans that are advocating for firing Brian Kelly. Um, Because believe it or not, at nine and two, there are a lot. I think if... Watching uh, Tennessee and Florida and LSU and a bunch of other, I wouldn't necessarily consider to be kind of like the blue br- blue buds of college football, like the traditional powers, but they're not like, they're not Kansas or Kentucky in basketball, you know, um, just watching their programs kind of burn to the ground the last couple of years. Um, I think Kelly hasn't done a bad job in his time at Notre Dame and he's shown a real willingness to reinvent himself this season. And I think we should be excited that he is in charge of the football program, and we should not be looking to fire him anytime soon. Agreed. Cooper, finish us up. Yeah, so I kind of had two. Um, I'll go with my first one. My second one's not as interesting. John Elway, um, and in my own attempt to uh, completely take his quote out of context, uh, called some of the players on the Denver Broncos soft, uh, which is always a good move as the GM of an organization. Um, to call your players soft after they lose this inside Bengals. Oh, that's funny. But I just think it's ridiculous when you consider how John Elway has developed the players at the quarterback position. Um, they won a Super Bowl uh, with Peyton Manning, and I think his touchdown to interception ratio was like 9-17 to 17 that year. Uh, so, no, John Elway, you didn't win uh, that Super Bowl because your quarterback play was awesome. You won it with a championship defense um, who is still mostly uh, together on your team. So know your players are not soft. You've done a very, very bad job at mismanaging uh, the quarterback position uh, in your franchise. And I'm just throwing it out there. You know, Tim Tebow is available. So I honestly think that Tim Tebow would be doing a much better job uh, playing quarterback than Brock Osweiler, Osweiler or Trevor Simeon. So it's just idiotic. I can't believe he said that. But Peyton Manning, let's not forget, great spokesperson. Oh, yeah, 100%. Just the best. Love Peyton Manning. 
from, but, from someone who has no vested interest in the companies mm-hmm. that he speaks for. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. All right, that's our show for the week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in on Thursday to catch our bonus, hopefully bonus, Thanksgiving episode. John's phone died. So we may, I don't know what we'll do. We may have to- Perfect timing. Yeah, that actually was excellent timing. We, we nearly nailed it. Thanks. Thank goodness we did not go into the bonus segment. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Check us out on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe, resubscribe. And we'll be back next week. Or Thursday. <laughs>